Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers Podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Hey, hey, so glad to be with you today, my friend. I hope you're well and hanging in there this week. Now, on one of our previous episodes, we chatted about the Enneagram and how powerful knowing those nine types can be in your relationships with others. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, definitely go back to episode two and check that out. Because today, we're going to use that information to figure out a key puzzle piece for anyone looking to start a business serving educators, how to find and connect with your people. Now, as you probably figured out in that previous episode on Enneagrams, you're not going to jive with everybody, right? That's really great, actually. Sometimes we think, uh, that we want to to make sure that we connect with everybody and that we all feel good and you know the kumbaya effect, but um, but the reality is that you're not, and that that's a really good news because if you want to start a side hustle or maybe turn it into a full fledged business, you do not want to appeal to everybody. It sounds counterintuitive, right? It sounds really off, but I promise you, this is the key to what you want. And that's going to be our focus for today. Now, if you're not trying to start a business using your teaching knowledge and are really looking for more teaching tips and strategies, today's episode might not be your jam because I'll be covering that in our next episode as well as the one that we shared with John Spencer. So you can go back and listen to those, but Even if you don't think that you're ready to start a side hustle or a business in any kind of capacity, I'd still recommend having a listen today because how we operate in a good business is also how we operate in a good classroom. So I think that you'll find some diamonds in the dust. Let's dig in. Now, the first thing I want us to kind of chat about is this idea that everyone is not anyone, okay? So let's just start with the premise that you have an idea of a way that you want to like start a side hustle or a business. Let's say you want, you have lesson plans that you want to sell on teacher pay teacher. That's a really simple example. A more complicated example would be that you have an idea for a new app that might serve the education market in some way. Okay. If you have a service or a product, no matter what it is that your idea is, you need to be solving a problem. Otherwise, it's not going to work. Otherwise, it's just a novelty item that nobody really will care about. And that's not something that's going to serve you long term. And it's not going to serve humanity long term. And that's not the kind of business that you're really going to want. Right. So you need to be solving some sort of a problem. And if it's solving a problem, you, you have to think about who that solution is for, okay? Not everybody is going to have the same problem. So think back to the Enneagram, right? A type five, somebody who's more intellectual and uh, who is who enjoys looking for 
really random pieces of information and knowledge and wants and very much wants to protect their privacy, they are going to have uh, a different problem than perhaps somebody who is a type one who very much um, wants to do it themselves and feels as though they kind of are a DIYer, right? Uh, that's two different problems, right? So you have to think about who is your solution going to serve. Um, so you have to know your problem and then know who is going to be served by that problem. Now, here's the key. If you're trying to solve everyone's problem, you are solving no one's problem. Okay, so today we're really digging into this idea of how to discover your people and why that's important. And this is the crux of all of it. If you're trying to solve everyone's problem, you're solving no one's problem because you can't serve everybody. I really want you to hear that because as educators, here's what we are trained to do. Give us everyone. I feel like it's that um, that song, give us your tired, your poor, right? It's give us, give us everybody. And we can teach them to, to get where we need them to go. If Give us all your first graders and we're going to get them to read at a specific level by the end of the year. Bring it on. That is what we're working towards, right? We're trying to get everybody in the same place. And so this is why when educators try to shift into the business market and try to move into selling products or services or, or whatever, we have these great ideas and solutions because that's who we are. We are problem solvers. But then we get stuck because we're trying to help everybody. And we feel bad when somebody says, does this work for this and this? And we have to say no, right? We don't want to say no because we want to help everybody. But if you're trying to help everybody, that dilutes what you're trying, your original solution was for, right? And, and this makes sense. Like if, if we look at, you know, an infomercial for, I don't know, an egg flipper, right? The, the egg flipper is going to solve the problem of actually flipping the egg in the pan, right? But it's not going to solve my problem of trying to uh, have a toy that my dog doesn't tear apart for, you know, in two days, Two different problems. You can't help me, egg flipper, right? <laughs> if my real problem is my dog toy. And so it, when I put it in terms like that, it's like, well, that's, that's easy. Of course not, right? But I want you to think about this because at some point when you move into to selling whatever it is that you have, a product, a service, uh, consulting, uh, do not take it. Don't do not accept everybody into you, what you can solve. You are working on a specific person who has a specific problem, and that is what's going to move the needle for you. Uh, here's another great example of that. So when I first started, um, you know, we're the Institute for Arts Integration and STEAM now. When I first started, it was called Education Closets. What um, I originally started the the company as. Uh, it was about arts integration, right? But then people would come to me to consult about Common Core State Standards or ed tech pieces, right? Because I had experience in those. And so I, at the time, I had just started my company. I was like, I need whatever I can get, right? I'm a hustler. I'm going to hustle for that work. And so I ended up serving clients 
that I could serve okay, but it wasn't furthering my mission. And so, or the vision for, for where I wanted to go, where I really wanted to help them was with arts integration. And so for a while, and we joke about this now, but it's it's true. It felt like we were throwing jello at the wall. And I say we because I brought on somebody within one year of me starting business. And that's a whole other story, but I definitely don't know that I would do that again. Um, but for a while, we would just throw ideas out there and see what stuck, right? Um, do people need this? Let me throw that out there and, and I'll try that. Or do I do do they need this? Let me try that. Um, and so we didn't have our identity for a while. Um, and that was because we were trying to serve everybody because we didn't want to say no to anyone. But everyone is not anyone. So here's where we're at. We know if, if you have a service or product, it needs to be solving a problem. That's part A. If it's solving a problem, we got to know who the solution is for, right? And then we're going to zone in on who that, that person is that we're solving the problem for. So how do you know if the, if the problem that you're solving is a problem worth solving and if you have the solution, right? How do you know that? That's, that's going to be your next big question. How do I know that this is going to serve the market that I want to serve and that it's a good solution? The answer there is listening, right? And so that's where we're going today. The value of listening and learning. It's going to help you discover your people, which leads us to this key point, why we need others. Now, I'm going to tell you, working with others has not been easy for me as a type one and three uh, person, right? As an Enneagram, mostly three, a lot one. It's hard for me to work with others because I always have the tendency to, to say, I can do this. I, if I want it done right, I got to do it myself, all of that, right? And I'm an introvert on top of all of that. Um, so for those of us who are introverts or who are Enneagrams 1, 3, or 5, the idea of reaching out and asking questions of others feels scary, right? We like to work on things by ourselves and then put it out into the world and say, look what I made you, come get it, right? Uh, but that does not work. And, and it's a struggle sometimes, particularly working with people because people are fallible. People are human for goodness sakes, right? Um, and so sometimes when we work with people and they're not our people, we get frustrated, Okay, we get to the point where we're like, why would somebody do that? I don't understand. I don't see what a frustrating process that's, that was. This is why I don't like to work with others. Um, and I can say that because I've actually said that out loud <laughs> before. And it's because you're not working with people who are your people. Um, that's part one. And that's why listening is so key, right? Also, uh, just working on something by yourself in a vacuum and then putting it out into the world as like a gift and saying, here, look at what this is. Come get it. Um, it feels really bad when nobody wants your gift, right? <laughs> when nobody wants what you made. Think about the little kid that makes a really beautiful, you know, uh, a mud pie for you. And, and nobody in your house wants that <laughs> in the house on the white rug, right? Um, again, this is something that we got to remember if you work in a vacuum, it's it's not going to work. You, you're working to serve others. So we need others to give us feedback. 
Now think back to the Enneagram. There are nine personality types, and we need all of them to make the world work. So when you reach out to others, you are making your idea, service, or product better. That's why we need others. Because if you reach outside of who you are and you get feedback from them and you figure out it's going to work for this person and it's not going to work for this person, that's going to be that's going to make what you offer better. I'll give you another real world example, okay? Uh, again, when we're working in arts integration and STEAM, we're really careful to say right up front, this is for K through 12 educators who are interested in using arts integration and STEAM. That feels really narrow, right? Because if, if you think about all of education, that feels really, really narrowed. But we had to come up with that kind of specificity because we would have early child educators um, come to us and say, will your arts integration conference, will there be sessions that will be applicable to me? Now, these people, God bless them, are working with two and three-year-olds that, like, you know, need to learn how to blow their nose into a tissue. Um, and what we were presenting were hands-on ideas that were really suited for kiddos who had at least gotten to the age of five, right? So... Um, we had to get to that specificity. We also don't provide pre-college or, or pre-teacher in-services for colleges. We don't work with a whole lot of um, college or university students because that's not where our focus is. And they have a whole other realm that they're trying to work on in order to get out into the world and, and become teachers, right? So we had to narrow that in. Um, and it took us a while to figure that out because, again, we wanted to be everything for everyone. So it wasn't until we actually, you know, originally we used to have um, early childhood educators really come to a lot of our conferences until they started giving us feedback like, this doesn't really work for me. I'm going to have to adapt a lot of this in order to make it work for my students. And that feedback was really valuable because that was what forced us to say, is this really for early childhood educators? No. So then we had to, to adjust, okay? Also, consider the fact that other people make our solutions stronger. We can say all over the world, like, this is great, this worked for me, this is wonderful, um, you're going to love it too. But until other people actually use it and give you the feedback on whether or not it works, um, you won't know. So remember, you don't need everybody Find the people that you do need and then seek them out. And you're going to need different people for different things. Again, something really valuable that I wish somebody would have told me a decade ago. Uh, different people for different things. So who's your intended audience? Who, who do you want to serve? Um, once you know who you want to serve and you have an idea, there's idea iteration. So people that you bounce that idea around with, that's going to be different sometimes than the people that you're trying to serve. For example, in our office, when I have an idea, we have a general rule. I have to bounce that around with my executive directors before I actually move on it. Uh, because oftentimes they'll look at me and they'll say, that's a great idea, but not now. Um, that will confuse people if you put it out into the world now. 
Um, so idea iteration might be a different audience than the people that you're trying to serve. Risk assessment, people who are going to tell you, uh, this is a good idea, but not now, or this is a bad idea, and here's why. Um, because you're going to get yourself in trouble. Think your accountant, your lawyer, those kinds of people, that's a different audience. That's a totally different group of people than the people that you might be trying to serve. And your support system. The people who are at home, um, who are lifting you up, your family, your friends, those are a different audience than um, the people that you're trying to serve as well or who you're creating this product or solution for, right? And so you need different people for different things. And you need to consider, what do I need from each of these groups of people? What do, because it's different. And you need to interact with them differently, right? So I said just a moment ago, you need to find the people you do need and seek them out actively, right? So how do you find your people? First, you want to start with your home base. So who are the people that you respect and listen to on a regular basis? I mean, just pause and think about that for a minute. Who do you um, go to when you have a problem? Who do you talk to uh, on the regular basis? Who do you love to hear their voice on a rough day? Okay, that's your home base. And then think about what makes them valuable to you and when do you go to them? Right, because sometimes you'll go to, to them on in certain situations and not in others. So knowing that is important. Um, that becomes your core, right? Then you're going to want to jump into social media groups and just listen. Now, sometimes people call this stalker, right? That you just stalk Twitter, you just stalk Facebook. Um, and, and you know, that has some negative connotation. However, um, that's not exactly what I'm telling you to do. I am saying, though, join those groups and listen to the conversations. Listen to the words that they're using to describe things. So, and then start writing those down. Write down the words that they use, the common questions that pop up, and the themes that keep surfacing. Because that will tell you, is this my group of people that I'm trying to serve? And if it is, this is what they're really struggling with right now. So here's a great example of that. We are putting together the Remote Learning Reboot Conference, um, and it's a little different for us because it's not focused on arts integration and STEAM um, for this particular event. It's not that we're veering away from, from that concept, but it is that we have a lot of experience in remote learning, and we know a lot of people who have experience in remote learning, and we want to offer this as a way to help a lot of people who are struggling to, to be able to do this effectively this year. And so um, when we first start, started thinking about pulling this together, the first thing that we did was go onto Twitter and to Facebook and to Instagram and start looking for common themes. And the things that were popping up were things like classroom management. How do I... How do I manage 30 first graders at one time when they all want to tell me something, right? Or um, I am so overwhelmed with my schedule, I'm working 12 hours or more a day. So that was a big indicator for us that people needed to understand how to create boundaries and how to set up a schedule that actually worked for them instead of overworking them. Uh, but we had to listen to those things in order for us to know what it was that people needed out of an event like this. So go into social media groups and just listen. Don't 
Don't necessarily go in and start offering a lot of ideas. Listen first. Just as important, outline those who are not your people. When you go into those groups and you start listening, um, you're going to find people you know, you're going to find a variety of people and you're going to start to see those pop up that you just, those are not going to be people that are going to be helped by your service or they're not going to be people that you're going to want to be your client. Um, You get to choose who your clients are. That's a big um, responsibility. And so um, when you're in there, start noticing the kinds of people you don't want to work with. Because if you accept everybody uh, as, as people who will be your clients, you're going to be miserable because you're going to be working with people who you don't jive with. And I can tell you right now, there is nothing more frustrating than working with people who are not your people because you're going to feel drained. You're going to feel like you have to over deliver for them. Um, and it's um, going to be frustrating. So start to outline who are not your people. Who do you want to attract to whatever it is that you're offering, and who do you want to push away? And then get clear on the picture of the exact person you want to serve. So in the business world, this is called an ICA. It's short for Ideal Customer Avatar. So if you've ever seen or heard those ads where you find yourself nodding along and just kind of unconsciously saying, yes, I have that same feeling, that's because the company who is running that ad nailed their ICA, right? So we're going to do a whole segment on how to create your ICA, but for now, you're going to write down the specific qualities of the person that your idea or service or product is for so that you can begin to create something that's going to work for them. Okay. Now notice that I'm back mapping here. Hopefully you don't already have your, your product or whatever already created and ready to hand out and say, here, come get it. Remember we talked about this at the beginning. You might have an idea or a service or a product that you're starting with as a base, but this will not be the full thing that you send out yet. You have to know this about people first. You have to listen and learn first. Remember, people first, product second, okay? Next idea is this this, um, component of listen and then learn. Now, as educators, we have been trained to learn first, to hop into a PD session or a class like excited puppies ready to soak up all the information and then show people what we can do with it, right? And I know you feel me on this, unless you're like going to a PD that doesn't matter to you, in which case you're just sitting in the back of the room doodling. But I'm going to assume that we're going to PDs as teachers, we love to learn, right? But I'm going to encourage you not to do that with this process. Don't go in with the idea of learn, 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 all I can right at the top. I want you to listen first, then learn. Okay. Start by listening with an open heart and mind. So let go of your preconceived ideas and be open to allowing and receiving what others are sharing with you. Listen to those words that are being said in those groups, because what you thought they might want might not be quite it. There might be something just slightly off. And so you got to go back in and open and be open enough to say, Oh, I was, this is not quite what they want, but if I make a couple of tweaks here, that is going to address their needs, right? As you listen to people, begin taking notes and reflecting on what you're hearing. 
Are there gaps in your own knowledge around the issues surrounding your topic or idea? Do you have gaps about with your own knowledge? And if so, then you can start actively learning ways to close just those gaps and improve your idea. And then that's, that process can that idea process can begin. Also, consider the idea to learn with intention. Again, as educators, we want to learn all the time and all of the information. It's just, it's part of our nature, right? Because then we want to be able to teach it. But there's so much to learn and it can be a time suck. And you really want to be careful with your time in this particular part of the process. So select specifically what you want to learn based on your listening and then just dig into that one thing, okay? So that's why it's important to listen first and then learn. Lots of us go into this saying, I have to learn all about online marketing and how to make this, uh, how to make a sales funnel and how to do an email list and all of this. I gotta learn, 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 because all these people are talking about how to do this. But what you don't realize is that when you're learning all the time, you're not actually creating what it is that you need to get out into the world. <laughs> so you need to learn with intention. Now, here are a couple of things that have worked for me when it comes to discovering my people, okay? First is reaching outside of my genre to see how other industries are tackling similar themes. So for a long time, I was just looking in education because that's where our focus is. Our focus is in K-12 education. So that's all the lists that I subscribed to was all about that. Um, but, But the problem is none of them were business oriented. And I was trying to get a business off the ground. So I had to go outside of my K-12 education genre and really start looking at different industries, online marketing, traditional marketing. I had to understand um, coaching and mindset training. There's a whole industry around that. There's a whole industry around finance. So being able to jump into those genres and watching how those industries are tackling Problems that were similar in education, but just looked different, okay? Setting boundaries on when and how much I consume, right? I am a a lover of, you know, kind of going into the information vortex. I love jumping in there and just taking a whole day and doing nothing but learning and diving into all the different rabbit holes. But (laughs) when I start to consume that much, I can't distill it into something that's meaningful. So at some point, you're going to have to get to work. So set a boundary for yourself. Uh, It might be, I'm going to take this one week to learn and to listen and learn as much as I can. And then I'm going to take that, create an outline for myself and get moving on this one project that I've got. Okay. Or it could be just per day. Each day, I'm going to allot myself 30 minutes to go into these groups and then I'm out right? No more than that. And then I'm out and I'm going to distill that and and work on that on my project. Also, always be checking in, right? People change and the world moves fast. So things are going to happen, right? You might have an idea, oh, but you don't check in on it for like three months while you put it together. And then suddenly, you know, we have COVID. I mean, (laughs) it happens. Um, And I'm making a joke of it, but it's not really a joke, right? It's okay to shift direction or groups if what you were working on needs to change. So for example, when COVID hit in March of 2020 here in the US, 
um, I will remember that day forever. It was March 13th. It was a Friday. I was in the office and we had the the governor's order to close all of our uh, office spaces. And I was pulling down the window shades and locking everything up. And we were in the middle of enrollment for our certification program, for interactive version of our certification program that only enrolls once a year. It is only open for one month. We were smack dab in the middle of it. We were in middle in week two of enrolling for interactive certification. And I knew we could no longer promote or to expect that we were going to hit our goal of students for this year because the world changed and we needed to shift some things, right? We were also planning behind the scenes here. We were also planning to launch a network that had all kinds of, of uh, tools and videos and ideas and um, kind of interactive components that teachers could use in their classrooms. And suddenly that didn't make sense anymore. We couldn't do that, right? So knowing when things change and then being able to pivot is going to be critical. And the only way you're going to do that is by keeping an ear to the ground, always checking in, building those relationships. Which brings me to my last thing that has worked for me, which is to, once you find your people, focus on building relationships with them. Your people group does not have to be like, you know, the the most popular, biggest group ever. It could be a small, intimate group of people. Love on those people, build relationships with them, get curious about them, let them know that you care about them and you are there for them and you are serving them, okay? So what do relationships entail? It's give and take, right? You have to be willing to give as much as you take in a relationship. And the, tr- the same is true of when you find your people, both your audience that will buy whatever it is that you are trying to put out into the world and the people who support you on your team, or your family and friends, focus on building and cultivating those relationships. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to building your own business, but we're doing this in stages, my friend. And I am being very intentional about our discussion surrounding this business building topic, right? I know that you want to get to the fun stuff, which is creating a website or setting up social media accounts and creating your product and maybe even running ads and how to make sales. And I promise you that we're going to get to all of it. But I can also assure you that none of that other stuff happens without the important ideas that we chatted about today. Now, I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions about what we've covered so far. So remember that there's a question box on the podcast page where you can ask me anything. Just head over to artsintegration.com forward slash sparkchasers, and you'll find today's show notes, contact area, and links for more resources. And if you're enjoying the show and know somebody who could benefit from our discussions, please share this podcast with them because together we can chase the spark of our ideas and make a brighter future for everyone. I'll see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friends. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash Spark Chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show, and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon. 